stay attentive because we have a special guest with us this day. Uh, Dr. Art Fuller from Atlanta, Georgia has flown in to be with us. Dr. Fuller, uh, Art is a good friend of ours. He has been with us these last three, four financial challenges that we have been going through. A financial challenge is giving that is done above and beyond normal tithes and gifts. And Lakeland does very, very well at this sort of thing. And uh, I just am going to tell you that none of it would be possible without Art Fuller. Art is our, uh, the one who tells us that we're not crazy. He's the one uh, who makes things sound smart for us. He, he does our statistics. He examines our church. He compares us with the rest of the nation and says, yeah, you guys would be good at doing this sort of thing uh, financially and so forth, and you can probably accomplish your vision. And so we really wouldn't be the church we are without Dr. Art Fuller uh, mentoring us and sort of holding our hand and guiding us uh, when we take on these massive endeavors, giving away hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to uh, all over the world and various initiatives, whether it be in Africa or Haiti or here in our own community. And um, so Art is a steady person, uh, a steady base for us to have as a church. And so I know you hear myself and Marta and Garrett and the elders tell you, you know, that, um, well, you're not crazy and, and yet you kind of are crazy because you're doing all sorts of crazy things around here. And uh, so I thought, well, what better than to just hear it from the horse's mouth, Dr. Art Fuller himself. So would you please welcome with me Dr. Art Fuller as he comes and shares with us. Appreciate that, Dan. We're glad uh, to have you. As, uh, as he said in the last service, a horse's mouth, and we decided a more biblical way would be, say, the donkey's mouth, you know, from the donkey's mouth. So uh, it's great to be back with you guys here in Lee Summit again today and to talk about and to celebrate Fearless, which is really just the latest iteration of financial generosity, if you will, uh, that the Lakeland Church uh, family is uh, participating in. So uh, how many of you, by show of hands, would agree with me that numbers are important? Numbers are important. In fact, the number I heard today, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, two and a half games out. Does that sound right? That's, don't, don't despair. Uh, the Braves, uh, we were five or six games out now. I think it's like 13. We have just totally tanked in Atlanta. So two and a half games, we would love to see two and a half games. The importance of numbers, especially this, this late in the season. But, uh, you know, as we think about numbers and we think about fearless and we think about Scripture, isn't it amazing that in Scripture, in the Bible, there are so many very specific numbers you know, even we start with Genesis and says the Lord created the heaven and the earth in seven days. Seven, it wasn't six, wasn't eight, wasn't 15, wasn't some indeterminate amount of time. He said seven days. And we continue in Genesis and see the story of Noah and the flood. And it talks about, uh, you know, God telling Noah, I want you to build this ark. And it needs to be X number of cubits high and so many wide and so many tall. Very specific measurements. Uh, wouldn't it have been something if God had just said, hey, get you a bunch of wood, see what you can come up with, Noah. Do the best you can. You know, he didn't know much about building an ark, so it's, it's a good thing that God was very specific in giving him the numbers and the measurements. And then even on later Noah's story, how many people, I don't know if you 
agree with this or not, but Russell Crowe really does look a lot like Noah. I thought Russell Crowe looked a lot like Noah in the movie. Uh, so if you hadn't seen that, he, yeah, he, he really has a Noah look about him. But uh, anyway, you know, the Bible says 40 days and 40 nights it rained upon the face of the earth. 40 days, 40 nights. It wasn't 39, it wasn't 41. It was 40 days, 40 nights. So there is significance to specific numbers. Uh, we go on into the, the Old Testament. You see the story of King David when he was the shepherd boy. And he went out to meet Goliath. And he had his sling with him. And said as he went out, he, he stopped and he picked up five stones. Why five stones? You know, couldn't it have really said, if, if the number five was not important, couldn't it have said, David went out and he grabbed a handful of rocks? He just grabbed a handful of rocks? No, it said he grabbed five stones. Now, in Georgia, we know the reason he grabbed five stones was because Goliath had several brothers. And David figured, if I whoop Goliath, I'm probably going to have to whoop his brothers too, so I better take a couple extra rocks just in case. And so he got five stones look in the new testament and we see the miracle of the feeding of the five thousand you know jesus is feeding the five thousand and so as the, at the start of that miracle they have a little boy that's brought his lunch and it happens to be five loaves of bread two fishes five loaves two fish very specific numbers um, i was thinking uh, to myself the other day now if he did that miracle in our time and the disciples were carrying the baskets around, you know, the bread and the fish. Half of us would say, now wait, is that gluten-free? Is, is the bread, because, you know, I need gluten-free. Or, gosh, I'm on a low-carb diet. All that bread, oh, man, you know, I'll have more of the fish than the bread. But it was five loaves of bread, two fish. It's very specific. So I think numbers are important. And I want to share with you some numbers as they relate to fearless. Uh, and hopefully numbers that you'll feel like you can celebrate. First number is four. Second number is five. The third number is 106. And the fourth number is thousands. So four, five, 106, thousands. Well, four, as uh, Dan alluded to just a little bit ago, is that uh, you've done four capital campaigns, four financial challenges. Literally, if you are a child that's 10 years or younger, all you know is capital campaigns. If that's the way it's always been. At like, what, we're not in a financial challenge? Are you kidding me? Uh, so, you know, it's always been financial challenges. So four capital campaigns, of which Fearless is the latest iteration we said. And prior to that, it uh, was as one. And prior to that, it was Epic. And prior to that, it was investing. And I still don't remember. The last. It was investing in future or something. Investing in, yeah, there you go. So four capital campaigns, four, very important number. Five actually refers to the fact that there's been in excess of $5 million pledged and received over the last decade. That's a lot of money, uh, $5 million pledged and received in the last 10 years. Obviously, this campaign still has a couple of years to go, so it will certainly be well over that by the time this is over. The third number, so we said four, we said five, we said 106. And actually, 106 refers to 106%. So I know you're thinking, okay, now how can you have 106%? Well, I'm talking about participation, 106% participation. Okay, I got the four, I got the five, but 100, how can you have 106% participation? Well, here's what happened. is Before Fearless started, we kind of did some... Uh, 
uh, financial estimating and looking at numbers and we determined here's how many folks that could be a part of this and when it was all said and done at the end of fearless and people actually made their commitments there were actually hundred and six percent either made commitments or participated financially what that meant was there were more people that stepped up on the other end of it than what we had on the front so new people that heard about it came on board wanted to be a part of it and I can tell you 106% is, is really just unheard of uh, anymore. In fact, if you can get 65 or 70% of your folks to participate in a financial challenge, you're flying high. You know, in, in the consulting world and in the church world, we'd say, man, they got 70%. Wow, that was amazing. Here's 106, 106%. That, that's just off the chart, out of the record books. Here's the other thing that I find very amazing about Lakeland four capital campaigns, participation actually has grown through each financial challenge. So more people actually come on board each time. I can tell you the reverse is usually true is that as churches do subsequent capital campaigns, participation tends to drift downward. Uh, part of that's some people uh, leave, some people get fatigued, some people felt like I sold the farm the last time, I don't have a farm to sell this time. And so there are a variety of reasons, but participation over time generally tends to drift downward. But here it's totally opposite, it's going up. And it, in fact, this one is actually better than ever at 106%. So uh, it's just totally out of the park. The last number was at four, five, 106%, thousands. Well, thousands really represents the number of lives that have been impacted and changed through the financial challenges that you guys have done. And again, Fearless just being the latest one uh, over the last decade. So you say, okay, I, I get these thousands. Really? Really aren't thousands? Yeah, really thousands of lives. Uh, I'm sure you guys know or have heard you're doing work literally on the other side of the world. When you give to Fearless, you are doing work in China uh, for persecuted house churches, many Bible schools that train young Christian leaders. So really, the dollars you invest in Fearless are working on the other side of the world in China. They're also working right south of the border, Juarez, Mexico. You guys feed a number of families rice and beans every day, food for families. So there are people that are living because and subsisting, if you will, and even beyond subsistence. But I mean, are depending on your gifts through Fearless for the rice and beans that they have every day in Juarez, Mexico. Uh, in Liberia, you guys are partnered with Dignity Liberia. You're supporting educational health needs of women and children right there in Africa. So China, Mexico, Africa, also work in Haiti. You've got a number of young uh, kids here and, and teenagers that are going on mission trips, partnering with Global Orphan uh, because of what you're giving in, in, and through Fearless. And I can tell you, you know, I've got 13 grandkids uh, two of them just went on mission trips this summer. They went to Honduras. The one's 15, the other one's 13. Life-changing, totally life-changing. Those guys, you know, before they went down, uh, they thought, you know, gosh, we don't have anything. I want this, I want that, I don't have much. They came back from Honduras, and it's like, we are so spoiled. Oh, my gosh, we're so spoiled when we see what other kids in these foreign countries have. So. The fact that you're partnering with Global Orphan to send kids to Haiti on mission trips, I think is totally amazing. And those are lives that are going to be changed forever of those kids that visit Haiti because of your giving. 
Some of your giving actually works right here in Kansas City, inner city, through the Hope Center, the Eastland House. You've got a medical clinic, a uh, charter school. We're doing some youth training. So it's not just that dollars are working on the other side of the world. They're actually working right here in Kansas City, inner city. Uh, another ministry that you guys partner with inner city is Veronica's Voice. And I shared with the folks last service, I'm not aware, literally having done several hundred campaigns of any other church that is partnering with an organization like Veronica's Voice, which is basically an organization that seeks to help uh, women and young girls get out of the sex trade, get out of lives of prostitution. And uh, so I think that's just amazing that you're uh, doing that and helping those women and those young girls uh, through Veronica's Voice. And some of the dollars that you give go to help Veronica's Voice do what they're doing. Lastly, you know, if that's not enough, other side of the world, Mexico, Haiti, Liberia, Kansas City, inner city, right here in Lee's Summit, you know, you're doing stuff for this facility. We're going to have a ribbon cutting later for the uh, fifth grade through twelfth grade um, youth room upstairs. I went and saw it just a little before the first service. Fantastic space. I think Dan's absolutely right in what I heard him say earlier today. Having a youth group with a great space to meet, man, if they had had that when I was a kid, wouldn't that have been fantastic? I would have loved to been a part of a group and had a space like that to participate in. So that's just really amazing. Uh, what you're doing in this facility and some of your dollars actually help pay for this facility but also to renovate this facility lastly right here in Lee Summit Pro Deo Youth Center you're helping support teens you know what I've seen with my own grandkids especially as they become some of them 12 and 13 and enter into teenagehood if that's even a word um, you know teens really there's a lot of stuff to cope with today I mean all teens have had stuff to cope with but it seems even more complicated nowadays with things like abuse and depression neglect um, all of those kind of things even addictions even earlier now in the lives of kids so Pro Deo Youth Center is really a place where kids can go and get uh, counseling have some an ear to listen to an ear to listen to them to deal with those kind of things uh, that we just talked about. And that's right here in Lee Summit. So all of that to say, you know, as I kind of look out across the church spectrum nationally, campaigns that I've been a part of, churches that I've worked with, I really don't know of another church the size of Lakeland that is doing more. And, uh, you know, one thing I would say I, that about the success of your financial challenges and one thing I, I think is important to why participation increases is, number one, there's compelling vision. All of these things we've talked about, China, Liberia, Mexico, Haiti, Prodeo, uh, you know, Eastland House, all those kind of things, there's compelling vision. You guys know that when you give your dollars, lives are really going to be changed. It's just not going to sit in the bank somewhere, draw interest, and, hey, this is a rainy day fund that we're setting aside here just in case offerings, you know, taper off. I think that is a real reason why you guys are so successful each time is there's a very compelling vision. Secondly, You've got leaders and leadership that is very committed themselves. They're very generous. They're heart deep in each one of these financial challenges. They step up. They participate. I can't tell you how many times I've started a campaign and been at a church, and the pastor kind of pulled me aside on the front end and said, now, look, I'm not really going to be participating significantly in this, but I will challenge these folks, and I'll tell them whatever you want me to tell them. But here's what I can tell you is that nine times out of ten, that's going to be a failed campaign. If leaders aren't involved, if leaders aren't heart deep in it, if they don't invest, if they don't get in the boat with you, 
people can kind of sniff that out and they just really don't step up themselves. Here at Lakeland, it has always been the case that leaders are doing as much as anybody in terms of their giving, committing, pledging, uh, involvement. So I think that's another reason why you guys are so successful. So when you think about ROI, return on investment, maybe that should be ROL, return on lives, return on kingdom investment, ROKI, if you will. And I think there's not a better place to invest your dollars to see them work literally around the world, impact thousands of people, thousands of family, uh, families over the last decade and for years to come even. We've still got a couple years on this financial challenge. So, so I would say all of those things, from my perspective, you guys are doing well. It's kind of like, hey, way to go, congrats, high five, give yourself a hand, all of those things. I mean, literally, give yourself a hand. <laughs> You guys are doing so much, and you may not even realize it. So, uh, so I'm just glad to be able to be a part of, to be a partner with you in that and to see the impact you guys are having for the kingdom as a result of Fearless and the other financial challenges that you've done. So thank you for allowing me to be a part. Way to go, Lakeland. God bless you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, everyone, um, we come to uh, the moment where we will commission and pray for the future purpose of that room upstairs that's, um, that you'll get to go look at here in a moment and uh, for the ribbon cutting. And uh, Adam Lips will come up, one of our student ministry directors, and I believe then Megan also will come up, Megan Hunter will come up and give us some logistic things about how we're going to get lunch done and all that sort of thing. But in this moment, once again, we're going to be the church. And we are going to lift this thing up to God. Um, I read the Psalms every day uh, several times. And I've just been impressed lately with how many times David and the psalmist says, you know, it wasn't by our strength that we had the victory. Some will trust in chariots and horses and their military and their armies, but we'll trust in God. The victory always comes from God. We didn't do this. We didn't give the money. We didn't do any of this ourselves, And you're like, well, yeah, we did. And they're like, nah, not really. It's all from the hand of God, the most generous giver there ever is. And so in this moment, we remind ourselves that we are stewards and not owners. Yes, that we are the people who are receiving and not really giving. And uh, we will participate with the plan of God and join the Holy Spirit in this mission. So would you stand with me, please? And uh, I want to offer up this prayer and commissioning, and you will join me in the prayer here in just a moment. Let us pray. Lord, we know that you cannot be contained in a building. We're the temple of your presence. And this building, this building is the house of your church. Accept us in this place to which we come to share with others the covenant you made with us in baptism. To praise your name, to receive your forgiveness, to hear your word, and to be nourished by the body and the blood of your son. So now we pray for this gospel to penetrate the lives of those students who enter. Lord, hear our prayer. For your divine presence to be a continual anointing presence in this room. Lord, hear our prayer. For the leaders who are called to serve, may their hearts be ignited with a renewed passion. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray, O oh Lord, for safety and responsibility in this space, for compassion and healthy regard for self and others. Let this space be a healing room. Lord, hear our prayer. For this room to be a safe house 
a sanctuary for all who enter, including Mercy Street and Respite Care Night. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, touch us with your blessing as we consecrate the room upstairs, this house, to your glory and honor and to the service of all people who enter. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and we all said, Amen. Adam, uh, have a seat. Is that true? Yeah. Good. Good morning. Wow, that was quick. You almost beat me to it. So my name's Adam, and I'm one of the student ministry directors, the K-12 ministry directors here at Lakeland. And uh, it's my great pleasure to be able to come uh, today and really do two things. One is to thank you all um, who participated in uh, these financial challenges that helped make this room possible. And then also to, to help thank and recognize some other people uh, who were extremely instrumental in helping us get this done. Uh, first, I want to say just a really quick, short word about the room itself and uh, what it means to us in student ministry. We, uh, in just a little bit, we're going to show you a few pictures, uh, some kind of before shots of the room before we go up to, to tour it uh, after service is over. But it, it hit me uh, as we were p picking out pictures that the picture I really wish I had that I could show is a picture of some of the kids' faces the first time that they walked in to the, the completed room and it was time for fuse or for fuel for middle or high school service. Um, yeah, it, it was amazing. It, it was really moving to me to see how much the kids themselves were moved by it. You could see their faces go from this like wide-eyed kind of mouth agape, wow, this place looks really cool, to even moving toward like, this is for me, kind of almost look on their face like, wow, I feel extremely important and valued that you would do all of this for us as students here at Lakeland. So the, my first point today, I think, is um, that we cherish this space partly because it shows our students how much we value them. Um, so I appreciate your guys' participation in, in helping us do that. Uh, the second thing that I want to um, think about this morning in terms of this room is an idea that I myself have been thinking more and more about uh, as a student ministry director lately, and it's this idea of expectation. And let me explain to you what I mean by that. Uh, how many people here have ever gone away on a trip and really, it could be almost any trip, but specifically for the purpose that we're talking about this morning, specifically for the purpose of um, spirituality or Christian community. So this could be uh, going to a youth camp. Um, it could be going to Lakeland camp. It could be going on a spiritual retreat, like with when Dan takes people up to Conception Abbey, or, or pretty much anywhere. Uh, so raise your hand if you've ever been on something similar to that, where you you go away to some other place. Now, would you agree with me, because this is true in my own experience, and I think it's kind of true for all of the human experience, that in those times when we move away, when we go somewhere else, when we get there, it seems like we experience life itself more fully, but more specifically, we experience God more fully. 
I mean, there's hundreds and thousands of stories of, of kids that have gone to youth camp, and they're like, wow, this is, honestly, they talked about some of the same stuff that they talk about every week in our youth group, but it was just different here. It was different when we went away. And so I've been thinking about this a lot, and I'm like, why? What's the difference between doing something in your own home base or going away to do it? And I believe that at least part of the reason that it's so different is there's an increased expectation of God. There's an excitement that builds up, an anticipation that something cool is going to happen when you go away. There's a purpose. There's, I'm going here for a reason. And it's not that God's not always moving around us and God's not always present. It's not God who changes when we go somewhere else. It's us. We notice God more. We look for God with more purpose when we, when we go away. There's this expectation that God is going to be present and he's going to do something really cool. I think the same thing is going on here with this room. That as we build this space for students, they walk into the space and it looks awesome. It looks like people have spent time and energy and money to make this place cool. And they enter those doors and they think, whoa, something's going to happen here. This, something's going on. And because of that, the students, they expect God to show up. They expect God to move. And we've already, we've been using the space for several weeks now, and, and we've already seen this. We've already seen the students come into this room with a different posture, with a different look in their eyes. So... Um, yeah, so the two main things, again, one is that students feel valued, and secondly, that we have this expectation, that our students expect that God will, will show up and move in their lives. So now we come to the part where I get to thank people for making all of that happen. Uh, and I want to start by thanking a few specific people that were very, very instrumental um, in making this youth room happen. Uh, first is Gus Meyer. Gus Meyer is the general contractor at Rao Construction. And Gus already told me that he was out of town and he knew he would not be able to be here this morning to be recognized in person. But for everyone, we'll go ahead and, and give people a round of applause. And if they're here, that's great. And if not, then that's fine too. We're still clapping for them in spirit. So thanks, Gus, for everything that he did. Uh, this is not the first time that we've used his company, um, and it probably won't be the last because we, we, we love working with him and his, his crew. Uh, Dave Brown is, was the project manager for this project at Rao Construction, and Dave probably spent the most time of any outside person in the building. Um, he was here countless hours uh, checking on the project and making sure everything was going smoothly. So thank you, Dave. Uh, Jason Meyer was kind of the day-to-day -day project manager at Rao, and so he, he stayed back at Rao headquarters, um, wasn't necessarily in the building as much, but he had his finger on everything that was going on, so thank you to Jason as well. Uh, Keisha Perigo was the architect from Davidson Architecture and Engineering, uh, so Keisha is one that helped us really design and get all the specs right on everything leading up to the, the, the building actually getting built, uh, the project. So thank you, Keisha. 
Uh, now some people that I know are here. Um, there are, were many, many, many Lakelanders who helped to make this thing uh, happen. And I want to, to give them a special thank you because early in the process as we were going through and we were designing and we were sending it off and getting the bids back and trying to figure out how much this was gonna cost, we realized that what we wanted to do was not gonna happen. It was too expensive, it was, it was too much. Um, but then something happened. We started having a lot of people say, you know what, I'll volunteer this. I'll donate this. I'll do this for half price. I'll come in and just so many people um, who donated their time and their energy and their, their money and uh, their services that made this happen. And, and so many Lakelanders were very, very key in doing that. So I want to recognize a few of them too. Uh, first is Jason Leahy. Is Jason in here? Oh, I bet he. We, we recognize these people first service, so now they're going to hide from me because I kind of surprised them first service. Jason, um, I get to be up here and actually speak on behalf of student ministry about what happened in this project. But don't make any mistake, I did very, very, very little. If you want to know who actually worked and did stuff on this, is Jason Leahy. Uh, Jason spent countless nights up here working um, all through the night. Jason helped design the room itself. He built cabinets and staging and the tech booth. He organized teams to come up and paint and build and clean and pretty much do everything that you can think of with this room. So thank you very much to Jason. And if you see him around, give him a special pat on the back and, and thank you for everything that he did. Uh, Justin, Justin Gohagen. Now he's back there. There's Justin. You can just wave at him. He, he probably don't want to come up. Justin, uh, Justin researched and ordered and installed all of our electronic and tech equipment. And he has some special knowledge about that stuff that we just don't have. And he was able to make that happen for us. And everything was amazing. It turned out better than we could have ever hoped. So thank you, Justin. <laughs> Matt Turnbow. Is Matt here? Oh, what? He's outside. Okay. Thank you, Jody, for all the hours that Matt spent up here. That, that's a real thing. That's, that's no joke. Uh, so Matt communicated with all the contractors and, and everyone that came up and worked uh, and, and did stuff on this project. He organized teams that did the demolition, um, that tore everything down so that we could rebuild it. He uh, organized teams to paint. Uh, he helped Jason build the tech booth. He helped Justin install tech. Matt was a, was a kind of do-it-all guy. He just did whatever needed to be done. So special thank you to Matt. Give him a pat on the back <laughs> if you see him later, too. Uh, Dave Salter. Dave owns a carpet company. And Dave brought a team of his carpet guys in and they installed all of the carpet that you'll find up there for just the cost of his team's labor. So all of the installation, all of his own time and energy and labor, he donated completely, cut the cost amazingly for us. So thank you so much to Dave Salter. <laughs> ben Dean, uh, Ben did printing for us. 
And he, all the printing that we did in that room was done at cost, and he donated for free all the frames around all of the pictures and everything. So thank you, Ben. <laughs> Renee Barr. Renee, once we go up here in just a, a few minutes and we actually get to see the room, you'll see these really cool pictures that go all the way around the room. And the, our vision for that was that the pictures would tell the story of God all the way from creation up through the present. Now that we're being the church, we're being Christ to the world. So the story of God would be told all the way through. And Renee did some amazing, uh, really, really cool pictures that tell that story. And she did that at a very discounted rate for us. So thank you very much, Renee. And hopefully you'll get to see how cool, how cool that turned out. She did an amazing job. Uh, Gary Kanabi, is Gary here? I think I saw Gary in the back. There's Gary in the back. Gary did, installed all of our doors for free. Absolutely no charge, so thank you so much, Gary. Uh, Jason Morton did our drop ceiling, so he installed the ceilings that come down in, in our side rooms at an extremely discounted rate, so thank you, Jason. And then Ed Lipowitz, he owns a company called Flooring and More. And Ed sold us the carpet that we used at cost, which I mean, he, he had no reason to do that, and it cut our cost so much that, it, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to explain how, how huge that was for Ed to do that. So thank you so much to Ed, too. Okay, finally, I want to recognize all of the people out there, all of you that made this happen. So um, if you volunteered in any way, if you, if you volunteered your time and energy, you came up and you were a part of one of those teams that did any of these projects. You did um, painting or you did demo or you did cleanup, any of that. Would you please stand? And can we give all those people a big round of applause? Anyone who volunteered your time. Thank you guys so much. There's, there's absolutely no way we could have done this without all of you guys volunteering like that. Um, also, thank you so much to everyone who has donated money through either Fearless or As One, because we actually used uh, funds from both of those two. So please give a round of applause to everyone who, who helped donate through Fearless and As One. Thank you so much. <laughs>